The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 159. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, I've been complaining for most of the season that this team is so boring. There's nothing interesting going on. Uh, it's like, why even watch the games? But we now finally like have a reason to at least be intrigued for something new. Jalen Hurts is the Eagles' starting quarterback, as I reacted to with Benjamin Solak on the BGN Radio emergency starting Wentz Ben's reaction pod. Yeah, I, I betrayed you, Jimmy. But uh, this is a big podcast because now we get to get your reaction, Jimmy. You haven't even—I haven't seen you like written like a, a full long piece on this mm-hmm. yet. You slacker mm-hmm. for phillyvoice.com. Um, so I want to get your take on that before we jump in, though. I have to mention, you know, right to spell and craft jerky. Obviously, BGN Radio's sponsor here, one of the two. Uh, you can go to rightsellin.com and get yourself some craft jerky or other snacks or gear or whatever by going to rightsellin.com and using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. So go do that. But Jimmy, the people are dying to hear your take on the situation. What's your first reaction? So like, it's what's a very reaction? boring one. Uh, and that's probably why I haven't really <laughs> written much about it. I probably will have something on Friday morning, just really more geared toward the future of Carson Wentz going forward, as opposed to, you know, the implications of this particular season, which who cares? Like the season's over. You mentioned that the team was boring. Uh, and now we have a little bit of, you know, we at least have something to talk about now. That first half of that game against Green Bay, one of the most boring Eagles games I've, I've ever seen. That first half alone. And then in the second half, they made the move. And at least it was somewhat interesting to watch. But as far as like my take on uh, them naming Hertz the starter, uh, against the Saints, uh, upcoming, this upcoming Sunday. Not a surprise at all. I had a pre-written <laughs> that, like, that, that that's what they were going to do. Uh, I don't normally, I don't do that very often, but when I'm pretty sure that they're going to, uh, make a move, I will have an article ready to go. It's sort of boiler, you know, it's sort of like a boring post that I wrote. But, um, yeah, I was almost certain that they were going to make that move because why wouldn't you? I mean, I think the biggest point that has been made, the point that has resonated most with me, has been a point that you made, and that is that the Eagles could be picking top five in the uh, 2021 draft. And when you're picking that high, first of all, you don't pick that high that often. 
and it's going to be a strong quarterback draft uh, in 2021. So if you're picking that high, you're not sure uh, if Carson Wentz is ever going to get back to where he was, um, you know, when he was at his peak or, you know, even a notch below that. You're not sure what you have in Jalen Hurts. You don't have all the information uh, to take a quarterback that highly unless you play Jalen Hurts. So, like, I think you have to at least have an idea of what he is um, and, and what you have in him so that when you do pick that highly in the 2021 draft, as it appears they're going to, you have to you know, like you at least have more information than you would if you didn't play him. So there's that. I think the Eagles mindset is really more that he can provide a spark and give them something in these games going forward, which in my opinion, again, who cares? <laughs> like this season's over. So like, I don't like, it doesn't matter if they win game. In fact, it's hurtful to them if they win games going forward. The season was just getting so damn boring, as you mentioned. And at least now we have a reason to watch. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's big though. It's like, finally, there's at least some kind mm-hmm. of level of intrigue here. And, you know, Hertz comes in last week and it, it just felt, you know, the energy felt different. It really was a spark. It was like, wow, they might even win this game. Right. They might steal this game, you know. One. During the telecast, Tony Romo was like, uh-oh. <laughs> There's some overlap here, you know, with the, the, the emergency podcast we did. I don't want to talk expectations first. You, you don't care. I I feel like there is some excitement in terms of, like, I mean, Carson was just so broken here that, like, there's just no hope. Like, you're going into every game knowing that he's not going to be able to really do anything. I think with Hurts... Um, especially going up against the Saints team, you know, that hasn't really faced a lot of mobile passers this year. I kind of looked at all the quarterback rushing stats from them this year, and they've only allowed 76 yards total in quarterback rushing. Now, they haven't really faced a lot of mobile passers. Um, I think you could look at, like, Teddy Bridgewater and Justin Herbert as, like, the most mobile guys they've they've had to face, you know, who who aren't necessarily known as the most, like, mobile guys. So, I think it'll be interesting. But I... I guess just going back to Hertz's performance against the Packers, like I saw some good things in there. Obviously, the the final stats weren't pretty, but I thought uh, like seeing that mobility was nice. Actually, being able to avoid some pressure, um, just even even for the sake of like I know like he kind of runs a little bit too often, almost like just likes to take off. But at the same time, like he's getting positive yards in those plays. Like he, he's not like just sitting back there in the pocket forever, just waiting, waiting, getting sacked. Like. Right. He's going to get easy yards. Like he's going to get like five yards a pop here, three yards a pop here, and kind of at least just keep the offense going in the right direction at the very least, or kind of like you know not just holding onto the ball and uh, forcing things and, and you know creating this like catastrophic uh, turnover um, like that Carson was kind of doing. So uh, interested in seeing that, um, and then parlaying that into uh, even if the games don't matter here, Jimmy, for the rest of this season, I guess the question is like. Can Jalen Hurts play well enough to save anyone's job in terms of Doug or Howie? I guess that's what I'm also wondering about. I think the point that you made is that he runs a lot. <laughs> and I think like uh, in that in the Packers game when he first came in, on his first six dropbacks, I think he ran five times on those. So he's just looking at like maybe one or two reads. And if it's not there, he goes, which is fine. Like that's understandable for a rookie quarterback, of course. Uh, who has that, uh, you know, mobile ability in his arsenal. So, like, I'm not criticizing him or anything like that for for that. But we are going to see that a lot, I think, uh, this Sunday against New Orleans. Um, as far as my expectations for him, it's going to look different. Uh, certainly, like, he's going to run a lot. The offense is going to look different. I don't think they're going to call many different plays or anything like that. As uh, Jason Kelsey explained, like, you can't just throw out your playbook and have this new set of plays that 
your team hasn't run all year, uh, especially when you have a rookie quarterback coming in like that. So it's going to be the same plays. It's just going to look different with um, a quarterback that has a different skill set in there. And personally, I don't think the uh, outcome is going to be any different. Like, I don't think you're going to see much of a difference on the scoreboard or like in the stat sheet in terms of yards or production or whatever. Uh, but I, and I think it's going to appear that Hertz looks a lot better just because it's different. And because the expectations for him are lower than they are for Wentz as they should be. Uh, but ultimately I, I think um, he's going to struggle because a, the receivers are still a problem. B, the offensive line is still a major issue. And C, most importantly, the offensive scheme is just, it's just broken. So I mean, it's going to be a tough ask really for anyone to like, you could, you could have like a star quarterback coming into this Eagles system right now. And while they play a hell of a lot better than Carson Wentz certainly has, I think um, like if you took like Russell Wilson and put him into the scheme, you took Aaron Rodgers and put him into the scheme, you know, they're not going to look as good as they do in their own scheme. So I'm sure they probably still have some level of success that Carson Wentz was not able to achieve in this scheme. But uh, I think it's really a tough ask for, for any quarterback to come in and have success with what the Eagles are doing offensively right now. I think that'll be interesting to gauge, though, you know, to what extent, you know, because I think it can look better than it has with Carson Wentz, like not to the point where, you know, anyone's going to be mistaking them for the Kansas City Chiefs or something anytime soon, or, or like the, the 49ers when they're on top of their game. Like, you know, I don't think it's going to look amazing, but I think it can come in and look competent. And I think if that's the case, I think it can look good enough to the point at least where you kind of wonder like okay maybe coaching isn't the entire issue here because I think that's you know I think there's people wondering that through this season they're like well uh Carson Wentz didn't suddenly just get terrible it's the coaching that dragged him down and I you know I've said I don't fully agree with that and one of the things that bothered me Jimmy uh coming out of Doug Peterson's press conference on Wednesday was Doug talking about how uh, in order to get like Jalen Hurts some success he feels like he has to try to establish the run a little bit and uh, get him some easy completion, some easy completions like quick game screens. And he said his job is helping Hertz there. And I saw a lot of people react to that tweet <laughs> right. uh, from Jeff Mosher. He tweeted that out. And everyone's like quote tweeting it like, oh, I wasn't he doing this for Carson Wentz. And I'm like, he was like, I don't get like, what are you talking about? You look at the Seahawks game, you know, the first two plays, it's, you know, a short throw to Richard Rodgers, it's way too late. Carson doesn't throw with anticipation, so it's incomplete. And then the second one, uh, on second down, Greg Ward is wide open on a slant, and Carson throws, like, in front of him. The ball is just off target. Like, those are easy throws that are there to be made. He's not making the easy throws. Jimmy, you talked about it, or you asked Doug about it earlier in the season, like he, when he was missing layups. And that's been an issue the whole year. Carson Wentz has been missing the easy throws. So I don't want to hear they're never there. I mean, you know, am I saying the coaching staff has been perfect? No, I'm not saying that. Like, there's been issues. But but it's not like the quarterback has helped himself either, is my point. And that's been a big issue here. And uh, and also the running game thing. It's like the Eagles did come out and try to establish the run against the Packers on that first drive. And they did the same thing in Cleveland. And, like, it's not like they haven't done anything to help Carson Wentz, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I got tagged a lot on that uh, Jeff Mosher tweet. Because I had earlier in the season asked uh, Doug about Carson missing, I used the term layups, and uh, Doug snapped back, of course, saying no throw in the NFL is, uh, is, an easy, is an easy completion or a layup or whatever. And then he's late, you know, later in the season, of course, he says, we're going to give him easy completion. So a uh, little, uh, little hypocrite Doug there, jerk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, I agree. Like they, they, I think they did try to simplify things for Carson Wentz. In fact, they even said they're they were simplifying the offense for him, trying to give him maybe not necessarily saying that they're trying to give him easy throws, but they're trying to simplify things for him, which makes it easier for the offense to kind of be on the same page. Uh, Jason Kelsey noted during his uh, press conference that uh, there's a balance there. Like if if you're trying to simplify the offense. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be easier to run the offense, but it's also going to be easier for the defense in that they know exactly what you're going to be doing. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, sort of double-edged sword there. And, yeah, certainly they're going to do everything they can to simplify the game for a rookie quarterback making a first, making his first start. Um, and, yeah, it's it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he handles that. But, yeah, I, I certainly agree with you that uh, Wentz, I mean, not even this year, but going back to the last few years, He's missed a lot of really easy uh, open throws, so that's not a new issue for him, and uh, certainly not an excuse for uh, for you know the way that he has played. I, I also think it's interesting, like if you frame it like this, where people are getting mad that the head coach isn't dumbing down the offense <laughs> right. to the level it should be, or in their perception, for a fifth year quarterback making 120 million dollars that it will be for a rookie second round pick making his first NFL start. Like, isn't there a problem there? If that's the expectation, like why isn't the coach dumbing it down that much? Like, don't you like, okay, so is that actually on the coach or maybe is there a problem with the quarterback who has to have things that dumbed down? Like, I just think it's funny. Like people get mad at the coach. Fifth year quarterback, by the way, in the fifth year in the same system with the same, with the same offensive uh, coaching personnel. I mean, you have some changes here, their offensive coordinator, quarterbacks, coach, but it's the same basic system, fifth year, same head coach. There's really no excuse. So you've brought up Jason Kelsey a couple of times here, Jimmy, and uh, I want to get into that a little bit too. What did you make of some of these comments that were going around? Because it was interesting because you had Kelsey kind of come out and seemed like he had Carson Wentz's back in a way. And yeah. Fletcher Cox came out and straight up said like he stands by his tweet that this is very like 2020 um, very online yeah, right, like sports right. blogger slash like where WIP puts out a tweet like retweet for for uh Jalen Hurts and like for Carson Wentz and people who, who don't even use Twitter and listening to this are like what are you even talking about <laughs> all right all right, right the short of it is Fletcher Cox basically endorsed Carson Wentz still after the fact that Jalen Hurts was named the starter and uh and Cox talked about how uh like basically it sucked to see a guy that he called his best friend which I didn't even know that Carson Wentz and uh Fletcher Cox were right. best friends but apparently I mean, that's what Cox said. And he said well, it's like hunting, so they have that in common. That is true. And they, they're both team captains, too, uh, obviously, in high-profile players. So um, I get it. Uh, but, yeah, Fletcher Cox said it sucks, you know, to see Carson Wentz bend. So it wasn't like this uh, unanimous decision. But also, like, listening to Greg Ward and Jalen Rager talk, some of the younger guys, there was kind of like a vibe of, like, not that they were not supportive of Carson Wentz, but they were kind of like, a little bit more ready to roll with punches and be like, yep, well, okay, Jalen Hurts is in now. So so that's how it goes. Um, what do you make of that dynamic? Do you think there's like a split here? Yeah, it's a good question. And he, Kelsey got asked that directly if there was like any kind of uh, split in the locker room, like some guys prefer Hurts and some guys prefer Wentz. And actually what really surprised me, um, not to get back to the tweet that, you know, listeners who don't <laughs> use Twitter have no idea what we're talking about, but did you see the ratio on that? Like the 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 likes – far far outweighed the retweets on that meaning that people like overwhelmingly preferred Wentz 
yeah. on that tweet, which really surprised me, first of all, because that's not like just that's not players, it's fans. Well, and I think most fans were clamoring to see a, a quarterback change. So I was shocked to see like, were, were you going to add a point there? Yeah, also just the, all the dynamics on those kind of tweets to me is that there should always be more retweets because when you're retweeting something, you're, you're, right. like, you're blasting it to everyone to see. Like when you're liking right. on it, not everyone sees that. So like it's not even like a fair system. Like when you're retweeting things, like it's going to get more reach. So yeah, so it was interesting that uh, that it, it overwhelmingly favored Wentz. But um, Kelsey said Kelsey was great in his interview. He actually talked for like 16 minutes, and um, he was very honest. I mean, he 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 said bluntly, Carson Wentz hasn't played well this year, and that like the, that can happen. Like when you can get benched if you don't play well and. Uh, he was also asked questions along the lines of like, you know, does the rest of the offense uh, take responsibility for, you know, their part in how poorly the offense has played? And, you know, Kelsey also acknowledged that everyone's played poorly. And he specifically mentioned, uh, you know, all like all the different positional groups. He said the running backs haven't played well. Receivers haven't played well. The offensive line hasn't played well. So he, I thought he did a good job not only of uh, taking accountability for himself, and uh, his offensive line teammates. But, I mean, just being flat-out honest, like he wasn't, like, you know, peeing down our backs and telling it's raining and, then like, making excuses for anyone. Like, he he was flat-out flat blunt that that the offense and every part of the offense, even even, even the coaches he named yeah. saying, like, they haven't been on their game this year, uh, just across the board was very honest saying that, like, it's been a full-on failure across the board. And that's been pretty easy analysis from our perspective. But to hear an actual player say that, uh, you know, gives it a lot more clout. And I think that's fair. Like, again, I, I don't want to say 100% of the blame is on Carson Wentz for how the offense has failed. Like, that's that's not what I'm saying. Although I also don't agree that Carson Wentz is a scapegoat here. Like, he's not being scapegoated. Like, he fully deserves to be benched in terms of how he's played this year. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you're running a meritocracy, there's no way to justify Carson Wentz playing. Like, there just isn't. He's playing, like, you know, bottom of the NFL. He's playing, like, Drew Locke. Sam Darnold, like down there, that level of player. And that's pretty pathetic. Like that's pretty bad. Going back to that tweet real quick, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm looking here. I see like a thousand retweets and uh, like almost 12,000 uh, wow. likes. So, so okay. <laughs> definitely <laughs> yeah. way in favor of Carson Wentz there. I guess that's just that's surprising to me because a lot of people um, just looking at BGN and, and really even looking at the reaction of the uh, – the Hertz fallout here. Like, I don't see a lot of people outraged that like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Out. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting to me. I didn't, I did not expect that. One point that I think that, that fans have made that I believe is on point is um, they say, well, how can you bench Carson Wentz, but you're not benching guys underperforming other veterans like Alshon Jeffrey and Jason Peters. And I think we're both sure. on board, maybe not necessarily JP. Like I don't have a problem with them letting JP, JP play out the rest of the season. Cause you know, he's gonna, like, he's gonna be gone. We think anyway. I mean, I guess we mm. thought like Darren Sproles is gonna be gone like three straight years, but presumably he's gonna be gone at the end of the season. Like, what are we doing? Like, does it matter if Nate Herbig gets a few extra snaps? Like, is that really gonna affect your future at all? So I don't have a problem with letting him finish out the season, but certainly there is no argument at all. Like, I mean, it's just of, of all the questionable or dumb or whatever things, decisions <laughs> that the Eagles have made this year. The fact that Alshon Jeffrey is not only dressing for games, but actually starting 
and getting more snaps than Travis Fulgham is at the top of the list for me. There's no good reason for it at all. There's not a single like defensible stance for there's it's not one not, not helping the team i i think people have recently kind of been like well fulgham hasn't even been good well like who cares doesn't matter well, he's, like, he's, he's getting snaps taken away from him too yeah you know, that's the other thing yeah you can't produce if he's not getting the playing time so i yeah obviously we're on the same page with that and i agree and that's a fair point to raise and, and it sounds by the way like that might happen this week doug kind of left the door yes, open he did yeah he was like jason peters and yeah, and Austin Jeffrey are sore, air quotes there. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah. everyone's sore. It's it's week 14. So they were both limited officially in practice on Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. I'm thinking, yeah, they might not play, which would be good to see. And that was kind of funny because I, I see people reacting too. Like, oh, Carson, you know, they take him out of the lineup, and now they're going to finally, you know, take these struggling vets out too. Well, I think some of the thinking there is like it's kind of a youth movement, and it's late in the season. They want to see how some of the young guys are doing. And it's also just time for change when they're three, eight, and one, and the veterans aren't getting it done. You know, things are going to change. So, uh, anything else, Jimmy? Before we hit the break here, no, I think we can. Uh, think you can talk about your righteous felon there. It's our, well, it's our righteous felon, Jimmy. It's everyone's righteous felon. Everyone's righteous felon. Yeah. If you go to righteousfelon.com, you can join in on the righteous felon craft uh, turkey club by going to that website and, you know, getting some meat snacks. They have non-meat snacks. There's gear. They have a cool logo, hats, uh, shirts, and whatnot. Um, as I always say, you know, you're, you're helping support BGN Radio. You're helping support a local company. They're based in Westchester, PA. They have a bunch of different flavors. Um, it's not just like uh, beef jerky in a bag, which they do have, but there's also like meat tubes and all these different kind of snacks they have. So go check it out. If you haven't yet, what are you doing? Um, you can use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. It's a good snack. You know, it's the holidays are coming up, Jimmy. And uh, why don't you get someone a gift uh, by going to rightsofselling.com and using discount code BGN15 to get 15% off a gift for someone. And uh, they'll enjoy those snacks. So go do that, and we will be... Get the whole family <laughs> some meat tubes. Yes. Back after this. <laughs> Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on BGN Radio episode 159, the episode number I always read and I'm not sure anyone cares about, Jimmy. Uh, okay. 159. Yeah. 159. All right. So next here on the show sheet that I have written down here, a little really just breaking the fourth wall for you listeners. Uh, to what extent did the Eagles fail Carson Wentz? I see that coming up a lot. Um, in the past, I feel like I've actually said that a lot um, because I think you look at how the roster just hasn't been up to par in terms of Carson Wentz has had to deal with like the worst receiving core in the NFL yeah. for Twice. multiple years. Yeah. He's had to deal, you know, the, the, they had the, one of the worst running, they had probably the worst running back group in like 2018. 2018. Like, yeah. yeah. Like there's been, you know, there's a lack of support here. So it's certainly not all on him, but this year I feel like I'm not really going to that well as much. Like that's not really how I feel 
Um, so I, I don't want to say, you know, like they they failed him entirely and there was like nothing he could do. And obviously the Jalen Hurts pick didn't really. <laughs> I think you can like you had Jay Glazer on Fox last week saying that like there's people inside the building that feel like the, the, that has absolutely played a factor into him struggling. Um, whether you believe that or not to be true, it was up to you. But like he's saying that like people feel that way. What I want to do here is kind of break down the percentage of blame you would put on Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz out of 100 to kind of to, to divvy this up and let's figure out here who's most to blame for Carson Wentz kind of failing. So the three numbers got to add up to 100 is what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. You want to go I'll, first? You, or let or it, I let you, you go first. Okay. So uh, in my view, the most amount of blame goes on Howie Roseman. And I would give him <laughs> – I'll give him – 60% of the blame. Mm-hmm. I'll go 25 Carson, which leaves me with no, wait a second. Matt what did I say? Hart. You said 60. Yeah, 20, 25 Carson and uh and 15 Doug. Yeah. 60 25 15. Mm-hmm. But why? Okay. <laughs> I mean, Howie Howie uh, is pretty self-explanatory. I mean, just look at the way the team has completely fallen apart. I mean, we we've talked at length about this in previous podcasts, but you know, everything he did in 2017 uh, turned to gold. Thought he had a good 2016, you know, the year he came back. Like some of the trades he made that year were crazy, like the getting rid of Maxwell and Kiko and moving up in the draft and getting, you know, getting the franchise quarterback. It was all great. And then 2017 and everything he did in free agency was great. Maybe not great drafts those years, but he definitely found a lot of bargains and players that really panned out on the field that year, helped them win a Super Bowl. Since then, it's just been a disaster. The drafts have been horrible. Uh, the free agent signings, big and small, have have really all been just brutal. He's made some pretty, uh, I mean, let's be frank, he's made some dumb trade deadline moves with Golden Tate and Jannard Avery and such, and and he's really kind of devastated the franchise going forward in terms of the cap situation that they're looking at, uh, particularly in 2021. And beyond. So, I mean, just the way that this roster is constructed, it's old, it's bad, it's very expensive. He's the number one guy for me. Doug's had a bad year for sure. Offense is clearly broken, but uh, as uh, I'm sort of on board with you, like I, I, I put a little bit more blame on Doug, I think, than you do. But, um, you know, certainly I, I think that Wentz is the biggest offender uh, in terms of the way the offense has run this year because he just hasn't looked anything close to the player that he is capable of being. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty in, aligned with those. I have 55, 30, and 15. So for, for Roseman, uh, Wentz, and then Doug, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Howie, you know, this is no secret for anyone listening that I think Howie has to go. Uh, it's just, I just don't understand how you can be excited about this franchise if Howie Roseman is still, like, leading the way after this year. How do you, like, what's there to look forward to? the next star player that the Eagles are going to pass on while they draft a guy who is like inactive as a, as a healthy scratch. Like JJ Ortega Whiteside was this past weekend or another dumb trade. Like you said, like Jannard Avery, also a healthy scratch this past weekend. Um, So I just don't know what there's to look forward to. I think at this point uh, for as much as I have defended Doug, Jimmy, I, I still think, or I maybe I newly think that like they just have to clean house. I mean, 
like that's probably just what they have to do at this point. What would you be? What would you be? What would be your percentage for each of those three guys on whether they're coming back or not? Okay, yeah. So per, percentage, we'll go. We'll go percentage. They get fired. Yeah, and this is out of a hundred each, right? Yeah. Uh huh. No, they don't have to add up to a hundred. Just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. each. Uh, so this is should be right, not will be, <laughs> or is it will be? Uh, will be, not should be. Okay, will be. Will be. I'm gonna we'll say we'll, we'll do will be and should be. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to say we'll be back Howie Roseman 60%, which is crushing. We'll be or should the the should be will just be yes or no. Oh, should be back Howie Roseman no. Yeah, right. Okay. So well, I'm sorry, what would you say what you say for Howie? We'll be back 60% that he 60%, is back. Okay. So just over the 50. Carson or Doug Peterson, go to him next. Shouldn't be back in the sense that they should clean house. But right. if they yeah. scapegoat Doug, if they only fire Doug and Howie's back, that's pathetic and that's like I'd rather almost see them bring both back than than like scapegoat Doug. Um, yes. Although I don't want Howie at all, so that's not really not really <laughs> not a preferable option. Um, but the percentage that Doug will be back at this point, I'm going to say like eighteen percent that he's back. Okay. And then Carson, should he be back? Man, I'm. This is tough. I'm going to say I'm going to be a coward. I'm going to say fifty percent. <laughs> oh wait, wait. No, this that should he be back? Can't do that with that one. I'm going to say yes. But I don't feel awesome about that. And part of that's just because of the difficult nature of the contract. And I say, we'll be back. I'm going to say 50%. Okay. What about you? All right. So uh, Howie, I actually got asked this exact question in a, in a chat recently. And I think I had it at the time as Howie, 55% back. Doug, I, I, I think it's very likely he's gone. And I did then. Yeah. I think I probably had him somewhere around like 20%. and then. Carson 99 I had at the time. So like okay. uh that has since changed I will say. So I think that I think how he's gone. I think he's uh wow. I think it's a I'll go 40% chance he's back. Mm. I think I think he's gone. Wow. I mean there's no there's no argument for it for him to stay. I mean there's really no argument for it to stay. So part of that is that I think Jeffrey Lurie is smart enough to see that no matter what his relationship is with Howie. Mm-hmm. But then also just um you know, some people that I've spoken with that I trust their opinion and they didn't tell, tell me like any kind of like concrete information, like pointing to him being gone, yeah. but just a lot of people that, that I, I think are smart, uh, have opined anyway, that they think he's going to be gone too. So, uh, I think he's going to be gone. And then Doug, I'm almost sure is going to be gone. I put his chances of coming back at like 15%. Yeah. And then, I didn't even uh, feel as high, honestly, I probably went too high. Yeah. I think it's and, like, and, honestly, it's probably like, Two percent right now, and then uh, Carson. There's a chance they could trade him. Obviously, they're not going to cut him. The cap hit's way too big, and they wouldn't cut him anyway. There's no sense in doing that. Um, but trading him, you trade him, you get like a cap hit of uh, like thirty three, thirty four million bucks, which would dwarf the biggest uh, uh, dead money hit in NFL history. The the highest one is Brandon Cooks, which I think off the top of my head, I think it was like twenty one, twenty two million bucks or something like that. Uh, so they'd really have to get something good in return for him to to, to uh, you know justify making that move, and I just don't know that that offer will be there. It's possible, but I think there are so many roadblocks to getting a deal like that done that I just don't think it's very realistic. So I'll, I'll stay uh, very confident that Carson Wentz will be back. I wouldn't put it as high as ninety nine anymore necessarily, but I would say he's probably in the range of like ninety to ninety five. So we'll just split the difference there. I'll call it uh, 92 and a half. So I think the thing with Wentz 
and it'll be interesting. I think the idea, you know, the point of hiring a new coach obviously is in part like, can they fix Carson Wentz? I, I guess that's probably why um, they would keep him because they're they're going to mm-hmm. keep him under the thinking we can just get a new coach in here and they'll potentially be able to fix him. And I think that thinking is dangerous to me because um, when you ask the question, is Carson Wentz salvageable? I don't think the answer is yes if he's w- not willing to be salvaged. And I think going back to what I some of the things I said in the emergency podcast with Solak, like Carson Wentz is not the most coachable player. <laughs> and I think that's a really big issue. I think there's a lot of evidence here. He hasn't taken the coaching. And when you go back to the, you know, the Philly voice report that was, you know, was on your website, Jimmy, by Joe Santaliquito, who we had on the podcast here earlier this season, like a lot of those things, if you go read them today, like seem to still ring true in terms of, you know, like Carson doesn't really change a lot. Like he wants to run things a certain way. He has a lot of influence over this offense. It is not like he is just going out there and running whatever plays Doug is telling him to. I really do not buy that. He has a lot of influence over this, how this all is all going. So, um, so maybe a new coach can come in here. And because of that dynamic, uh, like they have more authority and can kind of get the best out of Carson Wentz. I think that's obviously what would be best for this team. But I think it's just very, I think it's naive to think that you just bring in a new head coach and that magically fixes everything. And that Doug was the entire issue with Carson Wentz. And I, I, that's where I'm at with that. Maybe he can have like a Howie Roseman like rejuvenation where he can travel the world and <laughs> see what other quarterbacks are doing and kind of pick little pieces here and there and come back and light the world on fire, get a little high on himself and, uh, and then backslide again. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I'm just kidding. So um, I think he's still salvageable. Like just looking at what he has in terms of ability. I mean, just going back, like, let's put like our, should we draft Carson Wentz hats back on from way back in the day? Like he's big. He's got like everything you want physically from a quarterback. He's six, five, he's two forty. He's got some mobility. Maybe that's tapered off a little bit over the last five years, but he does have some, some ability to run the ball. Um, He's got a strong arm. He's smart, even if it doesn't always show on the field. Um, He, I, I think there, there were plenty of times early in his career where people were sort of wowed by, uh, his work ethic off the field where, you know, I remember the story where like he called Wentz into an office and he goes, if we get this look, I'm going to hit you in the corner of the end zone. And then he got that look in the red zone. He hit him in the corner of the end zone, as he said. So like there, there are a lot of examples like that where, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he can diagnose defenses and such. Again, the scheme's been broken this year and we haven't seen Wentz uh, overcome that. Um, but like, I, I do think that there is reason to believe that he can still have success in the NFL. It's just a matter of how long do you wait for him to to uh, sort of get that back. Also, I think a question of to what level is he getting? Because I don't think we're ever seeing 2017 again. You know, I, I just don't. I just oh, don't I'm with are. you there for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm some people there. still think that's in there though. But I don't. It's not. I don't think it is. I think he's a different player in terms of like you said, his athleticism and everything now, and and the injuries have taken a toll. And then even mentally, I don't know where he's at. The big question that seems to be lingering, you know, like like lingering behind the scenes or where like it's the concussion, you know, from Clowney. Like how much did that impact him? It's, hard, it's so hard to know. Like we've asked him, we've asked it's the question has been asked, but we don't know for sure how much that's actually impacting him and his mental capabilities too. So, um, so yeah. So even if Carson Wentz, I think, 
I think there's zero question Carson Wentz can play better than he has this year because that's like pretty hard to do. To, to it's a very low bar for sure. Yeah, but like, but how high does that bar get? You know, is he like top twenty? You know, like is it like where does he max out? I guess is what I think. And and you know, how much is it worth? Bring. I mean, obviously, it, it's worth a lot if you can salvage him. But like, you know, where do you, where are you if you can't? And I, I guess, you know, that's a decision or that's something you can figure out down the road once you see if the new coach who comes in here can actually do that. But I guess my point is I just I would be reluctant to assume that automatically the new coach comes in and he fixes once and that's a guarantee. Like that's that's a possibility, but that's not like this foregone conclusion that is definitely going to happen and like that I, I just think is almost believed uh, out there. And Jimmy I want to get your thoughts on, you kind of touched on, you know, the Eagles potentially trading Wentz, but it at least seems possible now, right? Like that, like Jalen Hurts is here. What if Jalen Hurts plays really well down the stretch? Right. Before we get to that, I did just want to touch on the concussion thing that you brought up real quick. Okay. So like, it's been a common thing that like, I've either been asked directly or sort of seen, like, how come nobody's talking about this? And I get it. Like, I understand that like, um, it's it's a concern for some people or it, it does make sense that he, he has fallen off because he may still be affected by this concussion. But the the reality is, like, as you mentioned, like it's been asked. Um, the only person that knows that realistically is Carson Wentz. Like and he's not he's never going to say, yeah, the concussion is still affecting me. He's just never going to say that. So, like, um, if I had like a like a tiny ship that I could like get into, shrink myself down and get into Carson Wentz's brain and swim around and kind of detect whether uh, that hit is still affecting him or, or not, then I would. But ultimately, there's really no way that we can know that uh, unless Carson Wentz says, says so, which uh, he never, again, he never will. So I'm sorry, your question about uh, possibly yeah. trading him. The benefit isn't so much this year, because again, if you trade him, you got a cap hit of 33 34 million dollars but if you just think that he's not your answer going forward Carson Wentz mm-hmm. then uh he's off your books at that point so you take that hit you move on and then in 2022 and beyond he's off your books completely so it doesn't count for nothing in those years so that would be the reason you do it of course you'd have to get something back and that's good in return uh, or else you're not going to do that um but yeah I I do think it's possible i wrote an article about it like as a as a mailbag Kristen Ro- that's why i waved Kristen roach left the house um uh she waved to me from the window anyway uh oh right yeah about and i called it um unrealistic and i still believe that like i still believe it's unrealistic just because of that cap hit is so is it's just so hard to get past like that it would dwarf the the previous you know highest uh, dead mm-hmm. money hit ever by by almost 12 million dollars so that alone gives me reason to think that they won't do that but uh, it's on the table, and you look at some teams around the league, like who could use him? And I think everyone kind of points know. to the, the obvious one, which is yep. Indianapolis, of course, who has a – how old is Philip Rivers now, by the way? Is like 39, I think. I, you know, they have a good record. I haven't watched them a ton, so I can't speak super confidently on the way that he has played this year. But well, He's going to uh, need like toe surgery after the year, too. Okay. Yeah. But, but certainly he's, in the, he's at the end of his career. And uh, that's a spot that would make sense for once. And then any team that acquires him, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, any team that acquires him doesn't have like his prorated bonus numbers on their books. It's really just his salary. And it's a pretty manageable contract Mm -hmm. uh, for a starting quarterback going forward. And then, of course, 
uh, you know, if they wanted to do something with that contract or if they wanted to restructure him, they could get his number in 2021 way down and sort of spread that out over the course of a contract or they just keep it as is and uh, if and and give themselves the flexibility of being able to cut him whenever they want if uh, if they chose to do so. So it's not uh, that he wouldn't be entirely, um, you know, unappealing to other teams around the league mm-hmm. if they if they saw, uh, uh, you know, an opportunity to salvage what uh what they think could be sort of a you know a top ten type quarterback that he showed that he that he that he was probably going to be uh, earlier in his career, but it didn't pan out that way. I think you put it well. It's not like that. It's so unappealing from their side, um, more just unappealing from the Eagles' side of having to take the dead money and whatnot. Um, but I look at that as like you know, it's what's done is done. Like they, they owe him the money, and they paid it to him. It's like now you have to do what's in the best interest of your team. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like he's just not the guy anymore, then you have to move on. Now, again, they might feel like he's, he's worth salvaging. So that could be the decision. What would it take, I guess, for you? Like, what do you think, what would be worth it for you to kind of be like, uh, to move on from Carson Wentz draft pick wise? So, uh, so if it's the Indianapolis, for example, I think, I, I don't think I'd want their 2021 one because they're going to be a playoff team. So I would probably prefer to sort of roll the dice and ask for their, and you know, ask for their twenty twenty two one, and then you get a maybe a pick, um, <laughs> another, another pick this year. Like um, friend of the uh, friend of the pod, Sam Lynch suggested, you know, maybe like a, a four this year to compensate for the four that Howie lit on fire by Bernard <laughs> Avery, and then a one in twenty twenty two would make sense. But for me, like the twenty twenty two pick makes more sense to me because um, you know that the Colts pick is going to be in the twenties. Where I don't know, maybe they fire the GM, they do a better job picking in that area. But certainly, Howie Roseman has been horrible picking in the twenties uh, over his career here. So uh, I'd prefer to sort of roll the dice and see if maybe that can become a better. Although I think the Colts are going to be like um, we're getting like way <laughs> we're going like way off track here. But the Colts have a, have a chance to be a really really good team uh, over the next you know five years or so because they have so much cap space. It's crazy, which also just makes them even more a, a, a reasonable contender for Carson Wentz to land there uh, because they have, they just have so much cap space. It's unreal. And during a, um, an off season in which the cap is far lower than it was expected to be as a result of COVID, there are going to be free agent bargains just everywhere because teams are going to be able to afford to spend in free agency. Uh, but there are going to be a small number of teams that can, and, and they're going to get bargains really across the board. So I think the Colts have a really good chance of improving the roster this offseason. And if they, you know, want to take a chance on once, then, you know, that's uh, that, that's not an unreasonable thing for them to do. So, you know, we'll be talking about this plenty throughout the rest yes, of the season. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, yeah. depends. Like, there's, you know, there's a variable in here. Like, how does Hurts look? Because if Hurts looks terrible, then I don't think you're trading. You're talking about trading Carson Wentz. But, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jimmy. You just waved to Kristen Roach. I did. Not too long ago. Listeners can't see that here as we're looking at each other. Uh, But why don't you tell me more about her? I think she was actually just heading to a closing right now. Wow. uh, She's actually going to have her biggest year uh, ever. So she's been doing this for more than 15 years selling real estate and and such. Uh, And she's going to have her best year, which isn't so much. uh, I mean, really what that's an indication of is that even despite COVID, like the real estate market has been crazy good all year. Like uh, it's been a like a real um, uh, seller's market. So like as soon as houses have gone on the market, boom, they're like they're gone instantaneously. She actually just had a pretty good. I'm I'm going rogue here. This is not any kind of a uh, uh, <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors approved content here. 
but she just had a, a, a deal where um, her client suggested uh, one uh, listing price and Kristen said, no, go higher than that. And I think she's suggested to be like $15,000, $20,000 higher. And they got it uh, to her client's surprise. Now, normally real estate agents are just going to, they're happy to get a deal, any deal, because 100% of something is better than 0% of, <laughs> of nothing. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> you, have a, you have like, a, there's, a, I'll put this in terms of sports. Like you have like your Drew Rosenhouses of the world who just want to get a deal done. Like, I think this perception that of Drew Rosenhaus is that like he, you know, will sort of harangues, uh, you know, uh, teams into getting unfavorable deals done, but no, he just wants to get the deal done. So he gets paid his commission. And yeah. I think that's how a lot of like real estate, uh, the real estate salesmen work as well. Whereas, uh, then they have like your Scott Boris's of the world who are always maximizing sort of like what the return can be on, on their investment. And, uh, in this case, uh, she was more of uh, the Scott Boris than the uh, Drew Rosenhaus. So anyway, a little success story by, from Kristen Roach. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, call Kristen, 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. Back here for our final segment on BGN Radio, episode 159. Jimmy, it's time to get into our NFL picks where, look, I caught up, Jimmy. We're tied now. NFC East. Picks against spread record for both 19 <laughs> and 20. Terrible. I went 3-1 and one last week. You went 2-2. Two and two. You're not doing so hot. Uh, Eagles straight up pick records. We're still on the same page there because we've been picking the same. I'm 8-4. and four. You're 7-4-1. Uh, let's start it off this week with the Dallas football Cowboys who just lost on Tuesday night to the Ravens. It's very unfortunate because the Eagles could have moved up to number 5 in the draft order uh, with a Dallas win. But, Jimmy, big game for the tanking implications for the Eagles this week because yes. the Bengals and the Cowboys, the Eagles really need both of those teams to get a win. Who do you have in this one with the Cowboys favored by three and a half? Well, let's touch on that real quick. So if you look at like uh tankathon.com, the, if the, if the Bengals and the Eagles wind up with the same record, it goes to strength of schedule. And uh, like a, a couple of weeks ago, the strength of schedule between the Bengals and the Eagles was much wider. It was a wider gap than it is now. And the way that that works is whichever team has the weaker strength of schedule picks first as the tiebreaker. So like the, the weaker is the strength of schedule, the better it is for your team in terms of draft positioning. Because uh, that, if you suck and you can't <laughs> beat the good te- the, the bad right. teams, then you're worse off. That's yeah. the logic. Yes. So the, the, the Eagles would have won that tiebreaker over the Bengals and they still do, but that gap is narrowed. I think the uh, Bengals strength of schedule is five thirty four. Uh, off the top of my head. And then the Eagles are, I believe, 529. So, um, that's, I'm, I'm a little ashamed of myself that I, (laughs) I I think that's right anyway, off the top of my head. It's really Um, close, is the point. But it's close. So if, uh, the Eagles tie the Bengals, it's not a guarantee that the Eagles will leapfrog them in the draft order. So I actually think it's better if the Cowboys win this game because Mm. if they, because if they do beat the Bengals, then you definitely leapfrog them. And then I, and then also you have the added benefit of the Cowboys ruining their draft position some too. So that's part of the, that's part of the reasoning. And then I think if you look at the team needs of the Bengals and the Cowboys, and then we're going to re- really deep down, down the rabbit hole too here. But, uh, I think the Bengals are the team that would preferably that you'd prefer to have them ahead of you because they're more likely to take that tackle from Oregon who the Eagles, you know, should certainly have interest in if he's available. But 
I mean, they already have so many left tackles that it becomes a very complicated situation. I think they prefer a more slam dunk player that isn't a tackle be available whenever they're picking or they'd rather not have to make a tough decision like that. But anyway, go way off the rails here. I do think that the Cowboys are the ideal uh, winner here for the Eagles. And I do think the Cowboys will win. The Cowboys are such garbage. Like, I mean, you look at like what teams have done to them on the ground this year. Like they just can't stop the run. They just look like um, really like an overmatched, college team like going up against like you know 1980s nebraska team like they just they just can't do they just can't stop the run the ravens just ran all over them on tuesday night and um uh yeah so like i they are garbage but this Bengals team without joe barrow who is their starter again we, we already named him in the last podcast what, what, what's his name he's the same name as me jimmy it is brandon <laughs> allen brandon allen yeah, I'm not feeling Brandon uh, Allen. So I do think the Cowboys will uh, will win this game. Okay, and cover. Um, so uh, I disagree. Yeah, I'll, I'll go cover too. Okay. Well, that's the point of the segment, Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I disagree with you. I think looking at the Bengals' schedule, I think this is their last chance to win a game. So I think they really need to find a way to win this. And I am, I'm just going – I'm rolling the dice, Jimmy. I'm going all in. I want the Eagles to get – pick number three and for that to happen the Bengals need to get a win here and you know the the Eagles still play the Cowboys and I'm thinking you know the Eagles can then lose to Dallas there and that will be able you know to get the Eagles ahead of of the Cowboys in the draft order so that's a must-lose game for the Eagles in a couple weeks so so I'm kind of just hoping for the best possible case of the Eagles getting that number three pick Um, although with that said the Bengals look terrible right now (laughs) I mean Brandon Allen and or and Brandon Allen actually got hurt in the last game too. I think he's going to play this week. It's probably practice fully on Wednesday. But if he can't play or has to get knocked out, like Ryan Finley isn't doing much better there. So the Bengals are kind of just screwed. And even beyond the quarterback, like their offensive line is just terrible, which is why Joe Burrow got hurt in part for the first place. Right. Um. So I I think the Bengals could easily lose out and they don't stand a chance. But they could win. It could be against this awful awful Cowboys defense, as you mentioned. So uh, if there's any hope. I hope the Bengals win, but I'm not counting out on that happen. I will take the Cowboys minus three and a half as well, going for the jinx here. Uh, so we'll move on from that one and move to the Cardinals at the New York Football Giants. Jimmy, your NFC East leading New York, New York Football Giants, who are one and a half favorites. Jimmy, I feel like you owe an apology to Joe Judge. Wait a second, aren't the Cardinals favored by a point and a half in this game? Not what I saw. I'm really? looking at it here. Yep, I'm looking at it here right now on uh, sports uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Or actually, huh. wait, I'm wrong. You are right. Cardinals yeah, okay. are one and a half favorites, but they shouldn't be. Um, and <laughs> I, I will take this first because okay, uh, they they should be zero five in their last five games. I mean, they only won that one game because of a hail mary. Like they could easily be zero five right now. Kyler Murray isn't playing that well. Cliff Kingsbury is a total coward, by the way. Like he comes from the Sean McVay school of not only uh, offensive strategy, but also like fourth down conservative, uh, like garbage, like where he's just totally scared and a coward. Giants should be with that quarterback too. Like that, that's a quarterback that should be able to convert those short down, yeah. downs and distances. Exactly. So the Giants look good, Jimmy. I mean, that was a, that was a big signature win for them in Seattle. Um, do they look amazing? No, they might be getting Daniel Jones back. I just, the Cardinals are trending in the wrong direction. I really like the, uh, the Giants getting some points there plus one and a half uh the defense Giants defense is good too or at least it's 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 pretty solid I mean what they did in Seattle was was impressive 
Jimmy, do you feel like you owe an apology to Joe Judge? I do not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're still, they're five and seven. Come on, let's let's not, let's. I mean, they won four games in a row, which is great. They're five yeah. and seven. Let's not get out. It's of a big win beating the Seahawks in Seattle. The Eagles can the Eagles can never beat the Seahawks. The Giants yeah. did it with a backup quarterback. They did it with Colt McCoy. <laughs> this line moved, by the way. It was Cardinals minus two and a half. So people are on the Giants bandwagon. And I get it. It's understandable. But uh-huh. the Gi- and like like I said, the Giants won four straight. Cardinals have actually really struggled lately. They've lost yeah. four or five. And one of those games was against uh, the Bills yeah, when they got, that, they got that Hail Mary. I said that, Jimmy. You're not listening to me. Oh, my bad. Sorry. Um, Fool. But uh, let's be real. Like this Cardinals team is better than this Giants mm-hmm. team. I, don't I mean, know. I guess they're just not playing like it lately. But uh, I am. I am not going to be fooled by uh, one, you know, win over the Seahawks. Are like garbage, by the way, when they play the Eagles. I mean, Eagles shouldn't be the bar for like the team that. Oh well, they, the Eagles can't beat them, but the Giants can. Like that doesn't mean the Giants are good. The Eagles can beat. The Eagles can't beat anyone right now. So like that's not like that's not like a legitimate bar for me. Could it be, uh, I don't know, but four, four games in a four games in a row is definitely something. Like I don't want to completely dismiss the Giants, but it's still a roster that just has, I mean, holes all across. Like I mean, it's not a good team, and I think the Cardinals are the Cardinals are clearly way more talented than this Giants team, and they got to come out of this funk at some point because I already killed off the uh, Vikings in my hierarchy. I don't want to have to bring them back to life. <laughs> so I guess like, I don't want to have to do that. So uh, I'm full on the uh, Cardinals rooting bandwagon the rest of the year. So I'm going Cardinals minus five. Yeah, minus, minus, minus one and a half rather. Giants plus 1.5 for me. And hey. So we're, we're differing on both of these so far. I like it. Good. No, no, no. I took Cowboys three and a half. Oh, you did? Okay, I, right I just right. think the Bengals, I, I think, I hope the Bengals do win. Okay. Um, gotcha. I don't think they will. Football team, Jimmy, the Washington football team. Which really impressive win over the mm-hmm. Steelers. I mean, I think I saw, I mentioned this on the SB Nation NFL off day debrief, the oddcast this week. Um, there's a stat out there that no team as poorly, as a poor of a record as Washington's, you know, like four and seven or what they were uh-huh. had ever beaten a team like 11 no or better, like the Steelers. So that's a really, it's a historically impressive win. Like, that was really good. Now, you know, the Steelers had to play on Wednesday the week before, and the, the Washington had bit off since like Thanksgiving, so they had a, a very distinct rest advantage in that one. But still, I mean, it's, and, and some people have questioned how good the Steelers are. But I mean, yeah, I think that's it's fair. Still, yeah. Yeah. It's still it's a quality win. Sure. So the football team, though they're they're underdogs. The 49ers are three point favorites this week. The game is in San Francisco. That's probably their biggest win in like a really long time. Maybe ever. <laughs> well, I mean, and well, like, and, and, <laughs> and I mean, like in terms of like modern era. Well, they 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 had like some big. I mean, I, I know it's been a while since they won a playoff game, but they had like uh, a week seventeen win against the Cowboys one year to get into the playoffs. Uh, the RG three right. season had some big wins where they were excited about you know what what could be uh, for that era, which didn't pan out, of course. Uh, but that was a huge win for them. Like their fans have to be like pretty fired up about that even if it's probably not best for their future like that's a team that really shouldn't get into the playoffs because yeah like they are set up with that deep like that defensive line is just so good and that's really the foundation of that team going forward if they ever found like a good quarterback in the draft on a rookie contract for four years then i mean they could be really dangerous and they're not going to find one more than likely if they make the playoffs and they're drafted 19 or worse so 
you know, while they – if you're like an Eagles fan, I think it's better if the football team makes the playoffs as opposed to the Giants. Like if the Giants make it, then maybe Dave Gettleman saves his job and there's some value in that, I guess, if you're an Eagles fan. But for me, I think like the the, danger, the more dangerous team long-term is the football team. And I think they win this game outright. They're uh, underdogs in this game against the 49ers. 49ers are trash. Like why is anyone pretending like they're any good at all? Like they're starting Nick Mullins. He's not going to – like, I, I love the matchup of this uh, football team defensive line against uh, a quarterback that, I mean, frankly, just stinks. Yeah, I mean, because they beat, I guess because they beat the Rams a couple of times, people think, and as recently as a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, that's not enough reason for me to take the right. 49ers either. Yeah, not, a, not certainly not a Nick Mullins guy. Yeah, I like the football team, and I agree. I think I had been saying – I think we talked about that a little bit earlier, and that's what I had said. I said, like, I think it's the worst potential thing – we had this conversation. You thought it like might be the worst for the Cowboys to win, or or better for the Cowboys to win. I, I was my argument has been here that it's it's best for a football team to win the division because then because they need a quarterback the most. They really do. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you could argue with the Eagles, but in terms of teams winning the division, like they need a quarterback the most. Alex Smith, you know, great comeback story, whatever. But like he's not, you know, they're not doing anything with him in terms of like contending for a championship. Uh, he's just like a placeholder there. They they can win some games with him. They'll be. I'll phrase it like this: It's the most obvious quarterback is like when you're looking at like team needs. The quarterback is like one on the yeah. list where it's not yeah. going to be that on anybody else's. Yeah, they could be like a juggernaut potentially if they get the right mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah, like and yeah. So so I think them winning the division is to their detriment. I think football team will win this game outright against the 49ers. So I really do like the points here as well. Getting three. The Saints, Jimmy, are seven-point favorites at Lincoln Financial Field, where Malcolm Jenkins, who didn't feel respected by the Eagles, is coming back to the link uh, with that team. That is what they're eleven in. Where are they right now? Nine and two. They have two. Um, I think they're ten and two. Ten and two. Yeah, ten and two. Uh, and they have they've won nine in a row, I believe. Or yes, 10. that's correct. Yeah, they're on a hot streak here. They've been able to win with Taysom Hill, who I think has probably been better than people have expected. Yeah. Not like to say he's been amazing, but he's you know he's been. He's been good. Like he's been, he hasn't been terrible. Um, didn't have a great game against the Broncos, but still overall been positive. And now they played the Falcons twice in his other two starts. And the Falcons aren't any good. The defense is like the second worst passing defense in the NFL. But still, uh, Saints are seven point favorites. And Jalen Hurts' first start here. Uh, who do you have? So if Drew Brees plays, um, it's going to be sixty and sunny on Sunday. And so, I don't think Breeze will be playing, by the way. I don't think so either. But if he does, it's not like you're going to get some kind of advantage because it's going to be a bad weather game. Like, it might be like 10-mile-an-hour 10, 10 winds, which isn't enough to really affect the game. But it's going to be sunny and 60 degrees. So if he does play, I think he's just going to carve him up like, like he always does. And if Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill plays, the Eagles have – you know, you mentioned uh, earlier that the Saints have done a good job against mobile quarterbacks. Well, the Eagles have not done a good job against mobile quarterbacks, so I think that uh, he can do some damage against the, the Eagles' defense. Um, but I don't think we need to overthink this. The, the Saints are a very good team, as you mentioned. They're ten and two. They've won nine in a row. The Eagles are a bit, very bad team. They're three eight and one. They lost four in a row. So let's not overthink this. I had the Packers blowing the Eagles out last week. I, I didn't care what that spread was going to be. I was going to take the Packers. And the same thing kind of goes here. Uh, I don't care what the spread was going to be, and it's actually a lot lower than I thought it would be. Uh, but I'll take the Saints minus seven all day long. I just feel like there's the there's the potential for an upset here. Not okay. because the Eagles are good, but because in part because this could be a trap game for the Saints in terms of 
they play the Chiefs next week. Drew Brees mm-hmm. is coming back. I think that's fair. Taysom Hill could like Taysom Hill did not play well against the Broncos for as well as he's kind of been overall. Like never a good game. If he kind of turns in or like a really bad game here, and Jalen Hurts gives this team a spark and there's some energy, I can see the scenario. I'm not going to say it's the likely outcome, but I don't. I think you can make the case for it. Whereas if Carson Wentz was still going to be the starter here, I don't know how you could even make the case for it because we're just there's nothing new. Like we're just seeing the same thing over and over. So, ah, uh, so like rational me says the Saints are going to win this game and and not fall into the trap too because I think they don't like. We all know they don't like the Eagles. Like. This is a team they don't like. We've seen right. that in the past. Right. They would love to be like, you know, we're gonna, you know, Jalen Hurts first start. We're gonna, they're gonna make a quarterback change. We're gonna freaking like dominate them. We're gonna, we're gonna blow them out. Um, we're gonna embarrass them. So, uh, so I really, I, I kind of want to take the upset, uh, but I also kind of want to hold on to my lead that I have over you. So, <laughs> at some point, yeah. I'm gonna have to take the Eagles to overtake you. I know. Um, so I think I'm gonna be a coward here and take to lose. <laughs> but I'm going to take them with the points. I'll, I'll say that they cover, they find a way somehow to cover the spread. I'll, I'll hedge my bet a little bit here. Um, so I'm going to say like, it's going to be a 26 saints, 20 Eagles loss. I think there'll be some encouraging things in Jalen hurts, um, but not all around an amazing game by him. Uh, yeah, that's what I have it at. The Eagles have gotten some garbage backdoor covers. Like they got the backdoor yeah. cover against the Browns. Uh, they got one against uh, the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, not a horrible. Uh, I mean, that that's how they can cover the spread. Otherwise, just on merit of what's going to happen in the game, it's not going to be like a seven point game, in my opinion. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? No, not really. Just uh, stay safe, everyone. Spikes in COVID recently. So uh, wear your masks and uh, don't be jerks. You? Okay. That's good advice. Uh, I will say we are 15 <laughs> days out from Christmas, Jimmy, uh, and obviously any other kind of holidays that we celebrate here. Uh, so go get some rights to sell on Craft Jerky as a gift. Great gift to give to anyone, to Me everyone. Tubes, to your family. Yeah, give it to your family, uh, friends, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to even see them. You, know, you, get, you just can get a ship to them. Uh, stay safe. Stay social distant. Going to rightsofsellon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Also, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show, which you know I'm on Tuesdays. Michael Kist is also on that program. They recently just had Melvin Gordon on, Jimmy, to, to nice. talk to Kist and Kyle Posey. Yeah, do like a little film breakdown with him. So that's cool. Okay. So there's cool stuff on that on that show. I think we're going to have a big guest coming up in a couple of weeks. So we'll tease there. Uh, there's been a lot of Eagles fans listening to that show, Jimmy, and like leaving ratings and reviews on iTunes, and they're like, I like this show because they don't talk about the Eagles as much. <laughs> right. Fun. It's like yeah. the Eagles are miserable. Kinda it's nice to kind of just hear NFL discussion uh and have some of your, you know, your Eagles people talking the NFL discussion. So check that out if you haven't already. I think it's a good show. A lot of different shows on that network. And uh we will be back next week. I mean It'll be interesting to see. Finally, probably have an interesting game. Hopefully, in terms of just the, you know, it'll be interesting at the very least to see how Jalen Hurts does. And that won't last long if he struggles and sucks. But until then, uh, we at least have some level of intrigue here. So we will be back breaking it down for you. This has been BGN Radio episode 159. I've been Brandon Gowton. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Follow Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check him out at phillyvoice.com. Check me out at bleedinggreennation.com. Stay tuned for the Kisten Solak show, which will be coming out to preview this week's game and talk about the Hurts and Wentz stuff. And until next time, goodbye, everybody. P-G-N.